0: everybody, and welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. I'm Michelle Bruckner. Today, we're going to continue our series of Actors and Alcohol. I have with me Jonathan Bile, and we're going to talk about his decision to start recovery. And by recovery, we mean Stopping addiction, alcohol. I am so grateful that you're doing this.
1: It's definitely a ongoing process, and it's going to be for the rest of my life. But that's kind of, I think, I have a lot to talk about in regards to the relapse as well, because relapse is part of so many different people's stories.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm here with Jonathan Bile. How are you doing, Jonathan?
1: I am good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to talk about your story. So you and I met in New York. How many years ago is that now?
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I want to say it was in 2009. I want to say I started the spring semester or the summer semester of 2009.
0: Fantastic. You know, it's been a long time, the years for me. Let's just talk about you for a moment. Okay. You are currently in Florida, but you've had a pretty interesting year. So do you want to just kind of dive right in? I'm doing this series called Actors and Alcohol. And,
1: you know, I, I too thought that for the longest time I was drinking out of habit. Like you said, you need to focus on your health and your wellness. And we forget that so much of that is your mental health. Like health does not just mean going to the gym, dancing, working out, this, that, or the other. You know, a lot of that really is your mental health. And when it comes to alcohol, I found that that It's more about your mental health than it is about your physical health. Granted, we all know alcohol does not do great things for the body. We drink sometimes because we feel a certain way or, you know, a lot of us drink when we've had a bad day, a lot of us drink to celebrate and alcohol is a, it's a downer. It's a depressive. So, you know, if, if you're drinking because you're feeling depressed or anxious, it might help in the moment the next day, it's going to make your depression so much worse and your anxiety. And when you drink to celebrate, you know, it might be fun, but are you really going to wake up, you know, if you if you continue drinking, are you really going to remember the next day that that celebratory moment in your life? Are you going to remember how amazing it was? You're just going to feel like crap, right? Yeah. So yeah, for me, I definitely was the same way. And I didn't think I had a problem like most people that have a problem, or all people that have a problem really, Don't think that they have one. You know, I thought I had it under control. I thought I had it managed. And, you know, everybody has a bad day, but my bad days were being so consistent. There was an incident at work, you know, after my story begins, you know, back when I lived in New York City, really, and that involved more than just alcohol, that was, you know, I got involved in the gay club scene, and that involved party drugs and promiscuous activities and stuff like that. And then, you know, when I moved back from New York is when I really started with the bottle, like hardcore, because Mm -hmm. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, I didn't really have access like you do in New York city to obtain all those other kinds of things. So alcohol, you can get at a convenience store. You can get it at a gas station. You can get it anywhere. So it's very easily accessible. And I think that's why that's the number one drug out there really other than nicotine right. because it's so easily accessible and you don't really have to go out and look for it. It's right there almost everywhere we go. And it's, it's, it really is kind of a silent killer you know, for some people, I became a flight attendant uh, about this would have been my seventh year. And unfortunately, alcohol led me to lose my job as a flight attendant. And it opened my eyes.
0: Was it the act of your job ending that made you think, oh, wait a minute, something is not okay?
1: No, there was an incident. Um, At work where I thought I was fine and I showed up, you know, to work a flight and somebody had smelled alcohol on the crew Mm -hmm. and had reported a few of us for being under the influence and I thought I was fine. I didn't think I was, you know, from what I can remember about that day, that was back in September is that I felt just like I feel now. And I was talking to people just like I'm talking to you right now. Okay. So from, and that's how I remember it. I mean, that might not have been how I was, but that's mm-hmm. how I felt. So it yes. really does things to your mind because I, I felt I was fine. I thought I was fine. And I ended up blowing a 0.111. Wow. So it just goes to show you, you know, and I'm a bigger guy. I, I felt fine. I felt like I was com- like, it had left my system. I mean, obviously I had the headaches the you nausea, know, like, oh, I'm feeling a little crappy going to work because I drank so much, but I, I feeling fine and still blowing a 0.111. And of course, yeah. I was not in my right state of mind, even though I thought I was. And I thought, well, there's got to be something wrong. Like, how how could I be blowing a point triple one? And it, it happened. So I think, you know, every time that's just a reminder, every time you go out to a bar or out to a restaurant, you might think that one more beer or that one more glass of wine will be good be totally fine. And you might feel fine. But the scary thing is, is that the more you do it, and the more you build up your tolerance to it, you you start feeling more confident in yourself as the more you drink. That's how I was feeling that night. I was feeling confident. I even volunteered to be the first one they tested. That's how, oh, wow. confident, that's how confident I was feeling. If there's a flight attendant out there that's listening to this, and you don't know about the FIDAP program, please, if if there's any, you know, FADAP is the flight attendant drug and alcohol program. And it's available, I want to say to every airline, if not all airlines, and it doesn't take something like that to happen to you to go through that program, you could call it any time if you wake up and say I'm feeling this sort of way, and they will they will help you get into to treatment. They will help you, and it's done wonders for me. Um, so you know, I got I kind of battled for a couple of days after I got back. I hadn't heard anything from work. Um, obviously, I was pulled off duty.
0: Okay, um, were you shamed and yelled at, or were they just oh like
1: 100 percent? I okay. was. I was. My anxiety was. through the roof i and i and i felt like crap because obviously i i was hungover and the feeling of that and my depression and my high anxiety about what's going to get what's going to happen i'm going to lose my job there's a part of you when you feel like that where you're like i don't care how much i drink i don't care what i do i don't want to be alive right now oh, in, that, in that moment i'm not saying i didn't want to not be alive forever. But in that moment, you just feel like you just you want to sleep because if you fall asleep, nothing can happen. like in your mind, you think nothing can happen to you while you're sleeping. Like you won't hear bad news in your sleep but then you wake up to missed calls and text messages and emails, and then you have to face reality. Well, all of that is so much pressure on one person that in your active addiction, what do you do? You turn to what you know to numb that. And unfortunately for me at the time, that was that was alcohol. And I even got back and alcohol turns me into a liar. It turns me into somebody who feels like I need to keep secrets and hide what I'm doing and sneak around. That's, that's what it Wow, And I don't like that about myself. I mean, I don't think anybody really does. You know, you want to be able to tell your loved ones, your friends and your family exactly what you're doing and be like, you know, this is what I enjoyed doing. This is what I'm going to do. And that be that.
0: Let me ask you a question. So after you got pulled off the flight, did you have a home base as a flight attendant? Were you in a certain city?
1: I was not at my home base, but I was at a, a city and they pulled me from the flight. They kept me in a hotel overnight and then okay. they they flew me back to my base the, the very next day.
0: And is that where your apartment was? Did you have a home at that base city? Because yes. I have a few friends that are flight attendants. So it's my understanding that you work out of a place. And then that's like your home city. That's where your apartment is, even though you're traveling. So you went back to your apartment,
1: I went back to my apartment, and I I went to bed, I did not, you know, I did not continue drinking, because of course, I'm like, terrified to drink, even though I wanted to so badly. And I woke up the next day and thought I could do it for talked about what called some people. I and I and of course I lied because I'm scared. I was scared I'm going to lose my job. I was scared I was going to lose my family. I was scared I'm going to lose my friends. Even though I knew that I might lose my job, I didn't realize that the more I continued to be lying to my friends and my family, the more that was going to push me away from them as well. Um, Because all they wanted was the best for me. And I lied. And, you know, that night I was like, I just couldn't deal with the anxiety anymore. And I, and I went and I, and I drank some more and I have a dear friend here, my very best friend, she's part of, you know, my family and she called me the very next morning. And she was like, you were drinking last night. What were you doing? And I was like, yeah, I was. And between her and my mother, you know, it was kind of like a Jonathan, you need, like, you're probably going to lose your job, but you need to get help. You really need to get help. And then things started coming out of the woodwork. Like, Jonathan, I didn't realize how bad your problem was. I spent nights at my friend's houses because I couldn't drive home. And all of this not knowing that throughout the the years, they had been finding beer cans, empty white claw cans in random places of the guest rooms that I would sleep in or whatever. And I had no idea. So it got to the point where I was drinking subconsciously and not even knowing it and trying to hide the evidence.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the treatment and you applied for yeah for the program. Uh, yeah, and so then I they called.
1: said, uh, luckily we we have it at the airline I was with, we had a union and I called the union, they set me up with the the union member that deals with the FADAP program. Within minutes, all of the correspondence between me and my company had ceased and they were doing everything for me. And I took a leave of absence and within maybe 20 minutes of calling that person saying, I need to go to treatment. I had a a detox facility out in Santa Ana, California calling me within 20 minutes. And they said, and this was probably at 4.35pm, you know, Eastern time. And they said, Okay, can you be on a flight tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning?
0: And did they pay for the flight? Or did you have to book it yourself? They took
1: care of the flight for me.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And I, and of course my, I'm like, I have no time. Like I need to pack. I need to set up, you know, what I, what I need done while I'm gone. And mind you, I thought I was going out there because everybody that I had known that had gone through this program had gone for 30 days. It was a 30 day program. And that's what I planned for. (laughs) So I packed, you know, enough clothes and everything to get me by for 30 days, um, and I said, I need a day. I said, I need a day. And they, they said, okay, the day after tomorrow, there's a direct flight from Tampa to LAX. And I said, okay. And then from there on out, I, I got my ducks in a row. My four month journey <laughs> in treatment started. Mind you, like I said, I was going for 30 days. <laughs>
0: How did it become four months? Tell us about that. Because I'm always curious.
1: When I flew out there, I was picked up and I was driven to Santa Ana, where I was put in a detox facility. Now a detox facility and a rehab or treatment facility are kind of the same thing and kind of different. I did not know I was going to a separate facility for this. I spent six days there and I got in and the first thing a counselor did was come up to me and say, the hardest part is over." The hardest part is over. You walk through the door, the hardest part is over. And of course, I'm a blubbering mess. I'm in tears. And they let me make one last phone call to my mother and my best friend. And then I had to surrender my phone, my wallet. I had to get, surrender everything other than my clothes. They went through my bags to make sure I didn't have any you know, alcohol mouthwash or booze, or drugs, or, you know, narcotics, or anything like that. And then I was told it was a small, very small facility, I think it only had six beds in it, there was only one other resident there when I was when I was there, and I became very close to him, another flight attendant. So we had some things to talk about and group therapy sessions, but there was just two of us. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me, because I got a lot more one-on-one more intimate. Why do you think you're here? You're scared to talk about your life. You're scared to talk about all the things you've kept inside that you've never told a single soul, because most of these counselors and people that work in these facilities are in recovery themselves. So you have people that have gone what you've gone through and understand, and there's not a, not the slightest bit of judgment
0: just talking about it is going to help somebody. And that's why I'm doing it. I just want to shed light. I mean, especially with show business and being a flight attendant, it's high pressure. It's a lot of constant changing and constant, like everything changes at the last second. And it's so easy to use alcohol as a way to just cope with the uncertainty of it all. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. 100%
1: and you know becoming a flight attendant is a very difficult thing to do there's so many it's like becoming an actor or a dancer or a singer or any kind of artist getting a job as a flight attendant was equally as difficult there are so many people out there that want to be a flight attendant and to think that I, I got that opportunity and I it makes me it's really now starting to sink in that I got that job that so many people wanted who probably are sober, who probably don't have a drinking problem. I do feel a little bit of shame and guilt over that, but I can't, I need to stop feeling that if that makes any sense. Like I need to Yeah, be like, okay. of course. What happened to me happened for a reason. And it's going to allow one of those other people to do that who deserve it. I'm not saying that I was not deserving of it by any means, but there's something out there that's better for me, better suited for me.
0: Have you decided to not go back to work?
1: I was let go from the um, airline. I was let go this past week. I kind of had it in my mind for the past four months that that would be the probable outcome. But I've we pray for the best and hope for the worst. And mm-hmm. it it did, it happened, I, I was let go. And I was very gracious of the opportunity that I had to go out there for four months. And they allowed me to continue my leave, which was, you know, which made me able to have my health insurance and be able to accept my short term disability and stuff like that. So I was very grateful that they at least allowed me to do that going into my story could last 12 hours. But for me, going what there, there were two, I can't tell you which one was harder going to treatment or coming back from treatment, coming back from treatment is you come back to so many memories, you come back to the same people, places and things. And in AA, NA, CMA, smart recovery, Dharma recovery, there's so many different programs out there, you just need to find the program that works for you. And in the program I'm working, you know, it says really to change your people, your places and your things, not to eliminate them from your life, because some of those people might be your best friends in the entire world, but you need to establish on top of that other outlets. And, you know, like I said, when you come back, you're coming back to the house you used to drink and you're coming back to the same people, places and things. I think I highly underestimated how challenging it was going to be.
0: Are you do you have a counselor now that you can continue to see
1: I am working on one when you don't have health insurance.
0: (laughs) Okay, because of your job situation, things have changed a little bit,
1: a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to focus more on my I, I believe in AA, I believe AA is that works for me. So for me, you know, attending, attending zoom meetings, and doing my step work and occupying, you know, some of my free time with that is really beneficial to me. And the reason I love some kind of recovery program, and it can be something different for everybody is, it's like free therapy. You don't yes. have to pay to go to Smart Recovery. You don't have to pay to go to Dharma. You don't have to pay to go to AA. Any of those programs, you don't have to pay. You get to go and you get to, you You can participate or you can listen, but listening is participating because somebody's going to say something that relates to you.
0: This is good. No, this is really, really good. I want to say not a lot of people ever get to the place that you're at. And unfortunately I've lost several people to this
1: disease.
0: So congratulations for every single minute that you are working on this recovery. It's great. It's fantastic.
1: And just another thing to stress is that nobody, nobody's perfect. The thing about alcoholics and addicts is once we have that first one, all you think, all you can think about is how soon till I can have the next one. Yeah. And for me, my two relapses have been you know, I don't want to get too into detail with them. But first one resulted in me having to stay at a hotel, because I wasn't able to drive back to my to my home. And I at least was thank God I was in the mindset where I I couldn't drive. Because, you know, I could have hurt somebody I could have hurt myself. My second relapse, you know, I I am, I'm proud to say, and that's the good thing about this program now is I can sit here and say, I'm proud to sit here and talk to you and say that I am two days clean and sober, because two days to a lot of people is a milestone, the way I've been feeling in the past week, two days is huge. That's where I'm at today. I'm, you know, right before talking to you, I was doing some, you know, reading and writing and journaling. And for me, that's a great outlet. And i you know, I'm trying to live every day. And right now I'm working on my honesty. Right now, honesty is the thing that I'm working on the most, because that's what alcohol has taken from me the most is my honesty.
0: Wow, this is such a a really important conversation. You are definitely somebody that you can be proud of. I'm proud of you, just so you know.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would you tell a young actor? who's just starting out how would you just if you if you could i don't want to say if you could go back in time because i think we all are on our own paths and we all make our choices because it teaches us things and i think going back in time to erase something or to change it wouldn't serve us but what would you say to someone who's just starting a journey and going to pursue acting what would you say to them regarding drugs and alcohol
1: when it comes to a young aspiring actor. Um, I look back at myself and I think of how excited I was to move to New York city. And I never thought I was going to get drawn into the world of drugs and alcohol. And it'll, it'll suck you in quicker than you'll know it. It's like quicksand. Um, yep. It. I graduated from AMDA, but, but just barely because I was in an active addiction and I missed auditions because of it. And guess what? Sometimes when you have an audition and you you can't call a casting director and say, I missed my audition because I was hungover or I missed my audition because I was still high from the night before because they're never going to look at you again. Right. And right. all I can say is take your love and your passion for film and television or music or theater or any dance or any kind of, art you want and kind of make it like your higher power.
0: That's a really good suggestion.
1: If you truly, truly want to pursue acting and the lovely, lovely world that it is, make it your higher power. Look to it because if I've learned anything You can find a program out there when I, and if you already are in an active addiction, you need something to believe in. If you don't believe in God, that's okay. If you don't believe in, and if you, it doesn't matter what you believe in. If you believe in theater and you believe in acting, make it your higher power.
0: Excellent. Thanks for coming on. You've really helped a lot of people.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey everyone, this podcast is brought to you by Club Showgirl, a monthly membership program that is coaching, teaching, community, camaraderie. Come join the club. Information is on my website, www.michellebrechner.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Jonathan Bile for being so honest and vulnerable and raw. I think by telling our stories, we can help other people. And next week, we have the season three finale. Ramon Galindo, Broadway star, dancer, teacher. Love him. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode.